The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. The Royals are now 57 and 36. Let that soak in for a second. 21 games over 500 as the train keeps rolling. After a 5-1 win over Pittsburgh with the Royals winning the series two games to one and an elated Davo joining you on another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation where we will break down this impressive power night for the Royals. Six extra base hits, four of the five runs coming off of the home run ball. We'll talk about that. We'll also preview tomorrow's makeup game in St. Louis, but we'll begin by getting to our player of the game and the story of the game by my estimation. Ensign Volquez, his sixth player of the game of the season. Volquez and Chris Young, the only pitchers with four or more players of the game. Four for Chris Young. This is the sixth now of the season for Edson Volquez. Uh, The best outing he's had all year, isn't it? Seven and two-thirds. Allows one run thanks to Wade Davis working out of that two-on and two-out jam in the eighth inning by uh, inducing the pop-up to Lorenzo Cain to get out of that inning. So seven and two-thirds for Volquez, allowing just one run. Eight hits. Eight Ks, one walk. So nine total base runners and seven and two-thirds for the Pirates, eight strikeouts. and It never really felt like the Pirates were much of a threat to score much after the first couple of innings tonight. Volquez gets the big double play ball early on, and from that point on, it was just pretty much Volquez mowing down his former teammates. And that had to feel nice, although Pittsburgh's not crying themselves to sleep over letting him walk when you've got guys like A.J. Burnett having close to career years minus the strikeout numbers and uh, Garrett Cole stepping up. And even Charlie Morton tonight's had a pretty solid year as well for the Pirates. So a team that's you know plenty of depth in the pitching department. But Volquez now 9-5 and five with a 3-1-5 ERA. You know that had to feel extra good doing it against his old mates uh, as he continues to anchor the Royals pitching staff. I mean... Nine and five, three one five. Had you told any of us before the season we'd get that out of Volquez, or he's now pacing for two hundred innings as well, we would have taken that for sure. And the innings have been getting better for this rotation as of late too. Uh, namely, I'm talking about Danny Duffy, who continues his last four outings to go six innings or more. So if Volquez and Duffy can start getting the innings, well, then your bullpen's going to be in pretty doggone good shape down the stretch. So Wade Davis, like I said, gets out of the eighth inning, and then Ryan Matson. let's give him a tip of the cap as well. Two Ks in his one, two, three, ninth inning. Another guy who uh, who would have ever thunk we'd get this kind of season out of Ryan Matson. It's like Dayton Moore is hitting like 900 the last couple, three, four seasons. Really starting with the Grinky trade, right? I mean, you get Kane and Escobar for Grinky. The Brewers have got to be, you know, they, yeah, they got to the playoffs one year, but got to be feeling kind of, you know, what, seller's remorse right now or buyer's remorse, however you look at it, depending on that, your point of view on that. Moves like that, and then, man, I mean, how big was the Shields trade, which is now known as the Wade Davis trade, essentially? Signing guys like Kendris Morales, Edinson Volquez. On and on and on. Ryan Matson finding him. And it's not just all Dayton Moore. It's a lot of his right-hand men as well. Your J.J. Piccolos, your Scott Sharps, your Lonnie Goldbergs. Uh, we could talk about those guys and about 15 to 20 other guys for about an hour on their own. Don't get enough 
you know, dues. And one of these days, the Royals are going to get raided as far as some of their guys are going to get stolen away. Some of their front office guys. Even a guy like Dean Taylor, by the way, who's been good going into retirement, has been very good in helping out the Royals as well. And Jim Fergosi Jr., on and on and on. But the Royals are eventually going to get raided with a lot of these guys like your Piccolos and your Sharps. And some of these guys are going to get taken one of these days. So, uh, you know, how can they not with the kind of organization the Royals are running? Anyway, I don't mean to get too over the top here drinking the blue Kool-Aid, but you're 21 games over 500, and these guys deserve a lot of credit top to bottom. And not just Ned Yost, not just Dave Island, not just the minor league coaches, not just the, uh, you know, Dayton Moores. There's a lot of the guys, the scouts out there too. The regional guys, the cross-checkers, on and on and on. Anyway, back on track. So, great night for the pitching, but the bats, too, like I said. And the scoring began. The Royals tied it up at one off of Charlie Morton in the fourth inning. Eric Hosmer, nearly 440 feet over the right field bullpen, bouncing up towards rivals. Talk about a shot. That made Bo Jackson blush. Although Bo says he pulled it. I I could hit there without pulling it. But still, what a shot. And then Gerard Dyson gives KC again the lead in the seventh inning on that squeeze play, sacrifice squeeze, two to one. The Royals win that challenge that was made from the dugout by the Pirates. And then Mike Moustakis ends the game. 3-0 against Morton ends his night as well. A three-run shot into the bullpen. Four to five runs come off of home runs tonight for the Royals. Like I said, six extra base hits. The two homers, we also saw doubles from Kane, Hosmer, Perez, and Morales. Morales, the other Royal that had two hits tonight. Just capped off a fantastic series for the Royals. And you would have loved to have won all three of these games. You know, in game one, Ventura pitched a little bit better. Had uh, Chris Medlin, who we talked about here on Clubhouse Conversation. We liked the way he threw. We liked some of the things we saw. Had he been a little more sharp and not left balls over the middle of the plate, the Royals would have probably swept this series. But then again, Pittsburgh can look back at last night and say, had we not made an error to allow the Royals to get a couple of runs and our third base coach not made uh, the cardinal sin of sending a runner and getting him throwing out you know, down three in the ninth inning, I'm sure they can look back at last night and say they could have won last night. So it evens out. Two out of three, I'll take that in a heartbeat. I thought coming into the series, the Royals would probably only get one. I thought tonight, I always thought they'd win tonight no matter what. But I wasn't sold in the first two games. So when they lost that first game, I thought, well, let's salvage and at least get one. But time and time again, this team continues to meet, and, and, and let's be honest, they're exceeding expectations every day. I predicted this team to win 92 games before the season started, 92 and 70. It looks like they're going to get to that, but I don't think I ever thought that they would get to this pace. I mean, they're looking right now, the Twins currently ahead right now, so the Royals probably will remain six and a half ahead. But I mean, you get this lead to 9-10 games by late August, you're looking at almost coast time for an entire month. Which might mean a few less wins. You might not play your guys quite as much, your regulars, every day in September. You might give some guys like John Lamb or different guys a look in the rotation. Maybe Balbino, Flynn Mayer comes up and, and gets some at-bats, on and on and on. So uh, the, I didn't think the Royals would get to 92. The point is, I didn't think they'd get there this way, where they just roll through 21 games over 500, uh, knocking on the door for potentially pushing it to 25 by August 1st. I don't think anybody, anybody saw that coming. I don't think anybody saw Joe Blanton now pitching Felix Hernandez. Saw the Royals lighting up Chris Archer for the worst start of his career. Saw the Royals giving Chris Sale the most hits he's allowed in his career. On and on. This offense has been much better than expected. The rotation, uh, probably about what we expected. The, the sad thing is maybe even a little worse. I think we expected a lot more out of Ventura, obviously. A little bit more out of Jeremy Guthrie. Definitely more out of Vargas and probably a, a hair more out of Duffy. I mean, Volquez is probably the only guy. I mean, we didn't expect Chris Young to be in this rotation before the year, realistically. 
So, I don't know. And the bullpen's been better than expected. The defense, I just, I love this team. And tomorrow we'll see them go back to St. Louis. So it's Chris Young and John Lackey for the makeup game tomorrow. That game was rained out back on June the 14th. I was sitting at Arvest Ballpark in Springdale, Arkansas, watching Northwest Arkansas and the Arkansas Travelers play that night. But I remember seeing it was rained out and... The sun was out 20 minutes later as the Royals drove to the airport. It was completely sunny the rest of the day. So, yeah, thanks, St. Louis. Now we lose our off day and have to get there to St. Louis. But Chris Young and John Lackey, the Royals beat Lackey earlier this year. Back on May 23rd, he went five innings and allowed three runs on six hits against KC back on May 23rd. That was the game that was shortened by rain by what? In the eighth inning, I think it was. It was a no-doubt Royals winner. But Chris Young has also seen the Cardinals once this year, and he was fantastic. Six innings back on May 22nd. Chris allowed no runs on six hits. We've seen him win a game with his bat this year. Remember that? A couple hits, a few RBIs. What will we see from Chris Young at the plate tomorrow? I'm almost as excited about that as watching him pitch. But a true gravy game tomorrow. Whatever happens, happens in this game. Hopefully the Royals grab this one. All of a sudden, the Cardinals only, depending on their outcome with the White Sox, are ahead by one on the ninth as I do this. But all of a sudden, they're only maybe three games ahead of the Royals for the you know for the chase for baseball's best overall record, which doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot as long as you win your division. It's kind of just if you're the best team in your league and you get home field throughout the playoffs and the World Series as the Royals would have locked up at this moment. You know, that, you know, this doesn't matter that much. It's kind of a pride thing, but it'd be cool to see the Royals catch them and maybe go back and forth down the stretch to see who has baseball's best record. But again, I'm putting the cart way before the horse. Let's just keep enjoying the ride. We'll talk to you again on Clubhouse Conversation. We're going to pimp the site real quick. I had a great interview with Luke Farrell that I published what, yesterday, two days ago? I don't know. I can't keep track of the days anymore. Luke Farrell, the son of Boston Red Sox manager John Farrell, a guy who's in the rotation for Northwest Arkansas, has overcome uh, three different surgeries for lumps in his neck. A pretty inspirational story. A strong man is Farrell. So check out that interview when you get a shot. And then current New York Mets infield roving instructor in 1970 to 1974 Royal, Bobby Floyd. I put that up earlier today. Hope you can check that one out as well. Talking to all your favorite current and former Royals on Clubhouse Conversation. Recapping the majority of games here on your dish. Clubhouseconversation.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Clubhouse Conversation, where it'll come automatically downloaded into your iTunes. That's pretty cool, right? Listen to them. Delete them. Delete some. Save some. Some are worth saving, I hope. Some of the interviews, etc. And, of course, we're on Twitter, at Royals Clubhouse, and Facebook as well. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Have a great night, and go Royals.